0: And religious liberty. Yes, you heard me right. Our guest today is my friend and colleague Charles Steinberg, who serves as counsel to the Northwest Religious Liberty Association, just a thousand miles north of me. Charles, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thank you, Alan. So, tennis stars and
1: religious liberty. What's this case all about? Oh, well, what this case is all about is um, a senior in high school named Joel Chung. She was undefeated her senior year in tennis tournaments, and her coach in uh, Chehalis, Washington, really wanted her to be able to play for the tennis team at the state championships. And uh, here in Washington State, the state championships are ran by a state agency, the Washington Interscholastic Athletic Association, and Joelle is a Seventh-day Adventist by her religion. And in her religious beliefs, uh, she wants to refrain from worldly activities from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And there was a conflict because... So you're saying she won't
0: compete in a tennis tournament on Sabbath?
1: Correct. She won't compete in a tennis tournament on the Sabbath. And the uh, WIAA, the, the state agency, had a rule that said that once you sign up for a tournament, have to participate all the way through um, with uh, they did have exceptions for injuries or illness or extreme weather events but they did not have an exception for religious observance so they told joelle and her coach that um, she couldn't even enter the tournament because she would end up in the event there was a conflict between the scheduling of the tennis championship match and the seventh day sabbath she wouldn't play, and she would have to forfeit. Which would violate their rules?
0: Let me see if I understand the rules. So someone enters the tournament, and they have, let's say, an unexpected, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a sprain or a strained ankle, and uh, they ask, can we delay my match today so I can heal, I can play tomorrow, but I can't play today. They'll do that?
1: Yes, the the rules say they'll do that, and they also won't penalize that player, or if that player has to drop out. But if it's a religious observance, then they could penalize the player and the team, and they also wouldn't allow it.
0: I understand the part about unusual weather. Um, yes. You know, if Hurricane Dorian, I mean, you're in the Northwest, I guess you don't get hurricanes, but you're famous for rain. Are these outdoor courts or are they indoor
1: courts? They're both indoor and outdoor courts. Uh, just last year, they used the for women's tennis. They used the Nordstrom tennis facility at the University of Washington, and um, it has some indoor courts and some outdoor courts. And there are indoor and so outdoor could, courts that are available. Right.
0: All right. So I could certainly see uh, a game delay because you've got a rainstorm, and that that's a sensible rule. So there are. There are circumstances in which there would be delays and a game could be put over, and for a Seventh-day Adventist, if her game was scheduled, say, at one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, um, would it really be a hardship to reschedule it for six or seven o'clock after the sun goes down Saturday
1: evening? Yeah, that's the main issue, and... The WIAA sent out surveys. We've been trying to get a religious accommodation for the tennis players. Not only is Joelle a senior, or was a senior last year, but her uh, younger brother, Joseph, uh, is a sophomore. So um, we got denials for their religious accommodation requests, saying, you know, in team sports, they could do that because of the way the scheduling and the bracketing works. But in individual sports, they absolutely could not do that. So after exchanging letters with them and realizing they're not going to accommodate it, we finally brought a a federal lawsuit in the Western District of Washington with our friends at the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty as co-counsel.
0: What was the legal basis? I mean, I get that, you know, just kind of, you know, conversationally here, this sounds like you're excluding people because of your religion. But isn't this a private association or is this somehow state action because? You know, when we think of one of the things I think Americans get confused about is that, yeah, we have constitutional rights, but they protect us against things that the government does to infringe on our rights. They don't protect us against what private parties may do that seem to infringe on our rights. So what was the basis for, um, you know, the rights that were asserted here that this tennis Association uh, was charged with violating? Um,
1: tar- in, in Washington state, um, they are state actors because they're authorized by state statute under RCW 20 a 600 200, which is a very going into minutiae here. Sorry about that. Um, and the, it is an association, but it's made up of 800 public schools and some private schools. And their charters or jobs from the legislature. Is to oversee interscholastic athletic activity. Um, and, uh, we alleged in the complaint that their policies and scheduling decisions are, are state action subject to the 14th amendment and under, uh, under uh, 42 USC 1983. Um, we brought a motion for uh, a preliminary injunction and in the weeks before the preliminary injunction hearing was scheduled to be heard, um, the athletic association, uh, changed their rule, uh, to allow religious observance as one of the exceptions. So when pressed in court, they backed down. When pressed in court on that, uh, that they, they, they stood down. Uh, there's still issues tending in the case involving the actual scheduling of the state tournament. We did get, an uh, assurance from them and confirmation that the, Regionals and sub districts won't be scheduled on the Sabbath, but the state tournament is still scheduled to occur on, uh, two days. Um, and one of those days would be a conflict in the event that the other plaintiff, uh, Joseph Chung, um, ends up being successful in going all the way to state. But at least now it won't penalize him for, um, his religious observance. And, you know, this is a really interesting issue, Alan, because the WIAA for volleyball, and i heard for soccer or golf, I can't remember which sport it was, but for volleyball, for sure, they faced litigation, and then they all, all of a sudden agreed to accommodate their religious beliefs and have that be uh, accommodated uh, after litigation. And so it's very important to, for people to stand up for their constitutional rights in spite of getting told no, no, no. Um, I think of the, uh, the pleas of the importunate person That uh, finally they get a yes. And sometimes it takes litigation to do that.
0: Well, you know, this is a new issue, but it's an old issue. Um, I'm reminded, of course, and some of our listeners, our older listeners will remember, uh, the wonderful movie Chariots of Fire about Eric Little, who was an Olympian runner, I believe a sprinter who refused to run on Sundays back. I can't remember when. I want to say like the twenties, maybe Mm -hmm. way back. Um, and it was a very inspiring movie to be sure. So, you know, it's kind of an, you know, an old issue and a new issue that, um, uh, people of faith, uh, can be, you know, fine athletes as well. And yet why should they be excluded from, uh, performing and demonstrating, you know, their excellence and, and fully participating? It certainly seems like uh, society should be broad enough and broad-minded enough to include everybody and to make ways for everybody to participate.
1: Yes, I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. And whether it be um, the gentleman from Cherry to Fire refusing to run on Sundays or even uh, to expanding to the sentiment of uh, conscientious objectors, so I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, Sergeant York started out as a conscientious objector, and uh, Desmond Das also conscientious objectors. Um, exercising our religious freedoms is an important thing to have in the town square.
0: Well, and, you know, I mean, obviously there are limits. I, I got a call one time from a reporter. Um, there were some murders committed in Northern California, and the person charged with the murder, I, I think, uh, Forgetting, I think it was, he was responsible for, uh, attacking a synagogue in the Sacramento area and then murdering a gay person, uh, further north towards Reading. And apparently he claimed that God directed him to do that. Now we know that our mental hospitals are full of people who claim either to be Jesus or to have a unique relationship with Jesus. Um, so the reporter asked me, well, is there a religious defense? To a crime like this, and I assure him, no, there is not. Uh, there's no First Amendment defense that allows you to um, to go commit crimes like this in the name of your religion. So, uh, you know, we have other words for that sort of thing. So there are limits, to be sure. But um, playing tennis is hardly um, uh, harming someone else. It's. Uh, I'm kind of jealous. I enjoyed tennis when I was a kid, but I haven't played it in many, many years.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Charles. Uh, We sure appreciate the work that you're doing in the Northwest region. Uh, We have just a couple minutes left. Tell our listeners a little more about the Northwest Religious Liberty Association that you've served as counsel for so many years.
1: Yeah, the Northwest Religious Liberty Association uh, covers Washington State, Oregon, Alaska, Idaho, and Montana. And any time that somebody's religious rights are infringed upon, either in employment, in the workplace, or in education, um, or basically in in any issue. Uh, We're there to assist in uh, mediation, sending letters, and when the cases need to to have happen, uh, uh, litigation. Uh, We've done quite an awful lot of work over the last 25 years, uh, 20 years, involving uh, changes to helping legislatures change laws, involving protecting uh, religious Rights, the Free Exercise of Religion in uh, Idaho and in Oregon. Uh, we've also uh, beaten back very egregious land use laws using the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act of 1994.
0: Um, and one Do of, you, you know, only represent Seventh-day Adventists or, or no. Christians?
1: Or not. We assist every, anybody and everybody who's got problems with their uh, constitutional religious beliefs uh, within accordance with our committee. Um, We do do some review of that, but it's a matter of your constitutional rights. So
0: to you guys, religious freedom is not just the freedom to believe as you do, but uh,
1: it's freedom to believe differently. Definitely, the freedom to believe differently. One of the cases we did uh, many years ago involved a inmate at uh, the State of Washington uh, penal Institution in Shelton, uh, Joe Macom. And Joe Macom was a Native American gentleman who was Native American by culture and, and race, but he was a Christian and wanted to participate in Bible studies and religious worship services of Christians at the facility.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I got to cut you off because we're out of time.
1: But that was a wonderful case that you guys did for Joe, our guest
0: today, Charles Steinberg, counsel for the Northwest Religious Freedom Liberty Association, talking about tennis and religious freedom. Wonderful discussion. Thanks for being with us, Charles. As we close, remember at Freedoms Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help those suffering religious discrimination, especially in the workplace. So check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. That's churchstate, all one word, churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is most definitely not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association producer of Freedoms Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. Be sure to listen to Freedom Spring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom Spring. I'm your host, Dalen Ryan. Until next week, let freedom ring.